Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 251 of Nintendo Power Block. I am your substitute host this week, Corey Dierig, filling in for that retro code, Eddie V. He is, uh, he's working. He told me to make up a story about what he's doing, but I'm afraid that if I make it up, that's really what he's going to be doing. So I'm just going to say he's working. I uh, mean, the story he wanted you to make up involved uh, pepperoni and pineapple pizza, so... Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, is that is that his appetizer for his Panda Express? <laughs> uh, also joining me is the indie insider himself, Dan Murphy. Hello, everybody. And uh, the what does he call you? The devastating dungeoneer, David. <laughs> dungeoneer. Hey, everybody. Why does he call you that? I don't. Because Zelda has dungeons. You know, Ed does his own thing. Yeah, I think so. Except I think that it's got to be. <laughs> Yeah, well. <laughs> except for Breath of the Wild. Oh, uh, man. Hi, guys. It's a, it's a three-person show tonight. Uh, light news, light light week after the very busy, busy week we all had last week. That was, a, that was something. We pulled it off, I think. Very l- little hitch glitches. But David, Dan, good job on keeping up on the written stuff. Very proud of you guys. Yeah. Over 120 articles. It's a big deal. It's a, it's a lot. It was a lot. It was a rush, but you know what? It was, it was a lot of fun. And I feel like I got to know some of the other console content that I don't normally pay as close attention to. So, um, it was, it was a good weekend. Yeah. It was really fun just watching the presentations with everybody as well. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like it was just fun seeing everybody's excitement throughout these presentations, especially the Nintendo one. Everybody was losing it on that one. Yeah, dude, that Nintendo one. I, I was planning on watching it during lunch, right? I even I even planned my lunch around it, and then I ended up not getting lunch because we were really busy at work. And so I I texted him. I was like, "Don't you dare spoil a thing for me! Don't you dare!" Because he usually texts me the announcements because I'm always like ten minutes behind when we watch it, and he's and he usually <laughs> messages me the announcements. Like, Don't you dare, Ed! Don't you dare! And he didn't. And I was very proud. So I watched it at like four o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. I was like, I hadn't opened social media at all, and I like when I get in my car to go home, I kind of sit there for like three minutes, kind of like, oh, gotta, mm-hmm. you know, just just gotta relax. I went to open Twitter. And I had like 13 DMs from people. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I closed it. It's like, I want to watch it. I don't want to be spoiled. So, uh, but Corey, were, were you, because uh, you're a Metroid fan, right? So were you I'm, over the moon? I am ex- I'm excited for Metroid. I'm not like a huge Metroid fan, right? I like the Prime games a lot. Uh, okay. But Metroid Dread looks good. It looks, I like I like the monochromatic color scheme that they have going on with just bits of color, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, the, the, the environment's black and white, some grays in there to show the lighting. S- Samus's suit is white with, you know, the red, like a little bit of red, a little bit of blue. The doors have a little bit of lighting on them. The robots have a little bit of lighting on them, and that's it. Like, I'm like, I'm really digging this art style. I, I think it looks good it, to the fact that I actually – charged my 3ds so i could go back and play the the remake of two <laughs> because i want to play so, samus returns yeah 
and uh, I'm going to try to play, because this is Metroid 5, technically, and I'm like, well, <clears throat> I've only beaten me- the first game, so I guess I'll play the other ones. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty awesome. excited, though. I'll give it a whirl. I'll give that Samus a whirl, you know? I yeah, really I got my pre-ordered edition. You did? You got it? No, I really want. Oh, it. I, I thought you got it. I'm like, man. No, I. Every time I see it pop up, it just it flies off like, it, it's impossible. That's how I am with the breath or the uh, Skyward Sword, Joy Cons. Yeah, I'm so upset. I want those Joy Con, and I want the Amiibo. I want the Amiibo more than the Joy-Con, to be 100% honest with you. Especially because, like, yeah. you know you know that they showed those Sky <laughs> Islands, and you know that you oh, used yeah. the Ad Amiibo. You're going to get a Sky lo- You're going to get a, a Loftwing. Loftwing? Yeah. Yeah. You know it. You just know it. So. Uh. Breath of the Wild 2, guys. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I have new theories, though new oh, tons of theories i'm sure so i'm pretty sure like doc mode we're just gonna 90 percent of it's gonna be breath of the wild theories i'm sure uh <laughs> so i okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get into the housekeeping so we can get into snack tendo and everything else because i i desperately want to talk about e3 so bad still this is episode 251 of nintendo power block podcast each and every week we come together to talk about games and everything we love about them with our friends from around the internet. You can join us live on Monday nights at 8.30 Eastern, or, our, wow, you can join us live on Monday <laughs> nights at 8.30 Eastern on twitch.tv slash Live and be part of the conversation. But if you can't join us live, no big deal. You can head on over to youtube.com slash Games and bossrushgames.com to watch the show or listen on your podcast service of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice review. Give us a five-star rating. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a thumbs up. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe, share, follow, all that stuff. Join our communities on Discord and Facebook. And uh, enjoy all of our content on BossRushGames.com. I lost where I was on the reading thing, so I just kind of <laughs> went with it. You covered it all. I did. Yeah, Good. I think you got it. Uh I just want to, you know, one more shout out to you guys on the writing team. Everybody on the writing team did just a phenomenal job of getting the news up swiftly. Like, I, I it, before I even knew about some of the stuff, it was up. And it was just like, man, it was it was quick. It was fast. It was good, good stuff. So um, I'm very proud of you guys for that. Very. Yeah, that writing team, they were awesome. I mean, it. it Everybody was motivated. Everybody was just pumping out articles. It was so cool to see it work just so fluidly and how well our website did through E3. Like, shout out to all the writers. Every single person contributed, and everybody got better as they went on. Mm-hmm. I, for me, it really uh, hit home when kind of there was downtime between days on E3, and uh, I was enjoying going and reading people's articles about some of the the games that I hadn't had a chance to look too closely at because I was scrambling trying to cover it throughout the day. And that was kind of, it was just a cool moment to be like, okay, I, I can go just enjoy these as like a fan of games. And, uh, you know, that was when I knew the writing team was just doing great. So yeah, shout out to all those people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, we're going to kick off the show with a little snack tendo. If you're unfamiliar, this is where we talk about our 
delicious snacks that we've eaten throughout the week. Usually Ed has some weird snack review. Sorry, guys. I did, I did not any eat any weird snacks. I think I got that covered today. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> David, you want to go first then if you got this weird snack? I, I, I got to know. I got to gotta know. Yeah, I'm on it, and uh, this is for you, Ed. I even brought my prop this time. So uh, this is the Kettle Brand Crinkle Cut Dill Pickle Chips, uh, which were fantastic, and I paired them with some gherkin pickles. So first, I had to get a little gherkin pickle taste going to mix with the dill pickle chips. Dipped in a chickpea tuna called tuna because there's no tuna in it. So it's two no, ah. and it was fantastic. Oh, vegan jokes. I love vegan <laughs> jokes. Wow. How's that for a weird snack review? I, tr- I tried my best that's, to fill in bread I mean, there. that's a weird snack. Dill pickle <laughs> chips, like potato, t- are they good? Like, are they? Oh, so good. Mm. It's amazing. Pickles are one of those foods that I just like, I st- every time I eat a pickle, I still don't know if I like pickles. I've had hundreds of pickles in my life. <laughs> And I eat one. Sometimes I'm like, oh, man, pickles, they're amazing. And then other times I'm like, gross, pickles. I don't know if I like pickles. This is a big conundrum, and it's bothered me for at least 20 years <laughs> that I don't know if I like pickles or not. <laughs> well, you got to you gotta go to the store and get some, like, good all-natural pickles. Try Grillo's or something. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Bubbies. Bubbies are good, too. Maybe. I don't know if we have those on the East Coast. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Vlasic. I like to think of myself as a pickle connoisseur at this point. <laughs> Maybe we should call him the pickle dungeoneer the next time. <laughs> you can have that so, one for free, Ed. <laughs> there you go. I have a friend who started this like pickle kit company. Um, it's like it's a bag with all the spices, and all you do is just put in like apple cider vinegar and water into the bag with the cucumbers and it like pickles it for you. And they're really, really good. Mm. Uh, I've been sticking with those lately and they're awesome. Nice. Yes, please. Nice. Dan, what's your fun snack this week? Um, Well, first of all, shout out to Logan, who's in our chat right now, who made a glazed donut bacon burger Mm. uh, (laughs) over the weekend. And he says on cheat days, we go big. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I I don't know how long you need to work that off, but mm. for me it'd probably be too much. His his next cheat day is going to be three days from or three weeks from now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. But um, so there's this like there's this ice cream place in my town that does like weird and unique ice creams, and one of them was this. They called it Penguin Tracks, and they put it on a chocolate glazed uh like one of the it's like a chocolate donut with chocolate glaze on it they put that on the bottom and then put like a caramel vanilla chocolate swirl ice cream on top of it and it was it was awesome it was really really good nice nice i enjoy uh we had some ice cream last night and i had some uh chocolate what was it chocolate chip cookie fudge brownie ice cream it was very mm. delicious, very <laughs> terrible for you, but yeah. Okay, that reminds me that I got to jump in on this too. Um, it was Father's Day on Sunday. Happy Father's Day. Uh, 
and uh, my I've been I've been begging Carmen to make me my favorite cake for uh, for a year now, and uh, so I got some carrot cake yesterday too. Do you guys like carrot cake, or is this like put oh, me firmly no. in the weird corner? No, no, no. Car- <laughs> oh my god, it's so me. good. <laughs> the, the icing is good, but oh, carrot cake, oh. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I I got this. Um, Irish whiskey uh, called Writer's Tears, and I uh, paired it with the carrot cake, and it was I was just pretty much in heaven, so it was great. <laughs> like nice. ri- like Writer's Tears, like W R I T E R. Yes, like the tears of writers mm. are delicious, mm. like the whiskey was. Mm. Is it? What's a whiskey comparable to? Like, uh, well, I mean, it was just it's a lot lighter bodied, and it has a little bit of a cleaner finish than some of like the heavier. Um, other whiskeys that I've tried, so cool. Mm. I gotta find that one. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Uh, other than that, I haven't really had any fun snacks, to be honest with you. Had some uh, had some enchiladas tonight, though. I oh, you love those, right? That's usually your like. I, you talk about that. Like, I'm but... I I love Mexican food. I don't care what it yeah. is. It's just put it in front of me. It's gone. It's just. Uh. I think we have that in common, Corey. Like, if I had to pick one cultural food to live off for the rest of my life, it would 100% be Mexican. Oh, yeah. There's so much you can do with it. You, just, you can grow up some peppers and onions. You get some of that rice in there, some refried beans. Mm. Some fajitas. Too much. I think my pick would be Mediterranean food. Mm. Yeah. Is that because of the hummus? Or uh, I guess that's not really Mediterranean, huh? That's Yeah, that's yeah more... it is. Yeah, okay. hummus is. But, like, I like... Uh... Like, I like kibbe, I like tabbouleh, I like uh, labneh, I like all that stuff. I could live off of that. There's a really good place by us called Shawarma Brothers, and two brothers own it, and it's just, like, the best shawarma I've ever had. It's just, That's in Akron, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've been there. Is it near the college? Uh, it's, mm, it's maybe, like, ten minutes from there. It's Oh, yeah. It's, like, mm, I don't... Yeah, it's it's in the falls, so I, it's like ten minutes away from Akron U. So gotcha. It's it's really good though. We get it. We probably get it like once a month. We haven't gotten it recently just because of the pandemic and stuff. And we just don't leave. <laughs> we never. We haven't left the house in like I don't know. I, we went to the zoo like two weeks ago, two weeks ago, and it was like I don't know. It was weird being in public. <laughs> It's relatable, especially with kids. It's hard during the pandemic. I feel like they're just little germ factories anyway, so you kind of have to just trap them. Yeah, and it's like it was weird too because like the the COVID restrictions hadn't lifted yet, so it was like everybody's still going one way, and there's people directing traffic with like shields up. It was like, (laughs) man, it's gosh, I'm so glad we're on the other side of this crap for real. Yeah. can't wait to do real things this summer. So. Ed, how did we do? We tried to hold down Snack Tendo. We did. We missed you. We did. <laughs> mm. Tell us how many fast food places you ate at today. <laughs> uh, sorry, Ed. You know we got to poke fun at you. <laughs> Your iron stomach. I just don't understand. I don't get it. It is beyond would, the laws of die. science. The way this guy's <laughs> body functions. oh anyways so we're gonna we're gonna kind of go into this game fact advance i have a good one guys it's a short one it's a short one 
but it's a good one. It's about one of my favorite games, Pikmin, the original for GameCube. So everybody loves Super Mario 64, right? And when the GameCube was announced, everybody wanted the next 3D Mario game. Of course, we got Super Mario Sunshine, but at Space World 2000, they showed off a demo called 128 Marios. And it was just this this sphere that was kind of rotating, and there was 128 Marios running around this sphere. Now, the sphere and the gravity stuff was a prototype for Mario Galaxy. Mm-hmm. But what most people don't know is that that demo of 128 Marios ended up becoming the technology behind Pikmin. Now, Pikmin, you can control up to 100 unit, uh, 100 Pikmin at a time, kind of form them into teams to go complete different tasks and stuff. But uh, it's just weird because they were developing the next 3, uh, 3D Mario game, and this was the technology they were developing. And it's just weird how Nintendo always shows off really great technology, and they always put it into a game, right? Uh, that, hasn't that happened a couple times, Corey? Because that's really... I didn't know that about Pikmin. Um, but I feel like there's been a couple other times where they rolled the technology into a different game. Yeah, there was a couple <clears throat> Wii games uh, that were shown off. Uh, actually, I think they were Wii U tech demos called Project Guard and Project Robot. And mm-hmm. uh, Project Guard ended up being the spinoff Star Fox Zero pack-in. Ah, yeah. Uh, oh, where you're watching cool. the monitors to try to take out the enemies and stuff. And then Project Robot ended up actually being one of the main Labo kits. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Now, that Space World demo year, that that year at Space World, is that the same year that they showed that really intense uh, trailer with a fight between Ganondorf yep. and Link in the in the graphic? Mm-hmm. And we never got that game, yeah. obviously. But yeah. Speaking of that demo, I watched. Remember the the Wii U Tech demo of Zelda H, Zelda HD, yep. where they were playing with the lighting on the Wii U gamepad, and it was For Link, Twilight Princess, Link fighting the giant Goma, the armor Goma, and I was like, we never got that game either. Where's that game? Yeah. Ugh. Which I'm to be honest, I'm really glad that we got Breath of the Wild instead. Um, but yeah, I mean that, cause they were really, you could like adjust the lighting and make it light or, or dark. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and like, yeah, uh, depending if the, you turn the lights on or off, like the candles would light up and there'd be dynamic lighting coming from the candles and stuff too. It was really a cool demo. So do you guys, this is interesting because we, you know, of course we just had E3. Do you, do you think we've gotten to the place where companies can't do those kinds of tech demos anymore because of Twitter and places like that where people, you know, rage and lose their minds if they don't get, you know, like I saw some companies having to literally put on the screen during E3, this is still a work in progress and subject to change just because of the anticipated reaction if they don't give people something that they put a trailer. Yeah, I mean, you saw that during Metroid Dread where like that opening cutscene was like this is not gameplay footage and then they took it off when they were playing the game but then there was another cutscene towards the end that said this is not gameplay footage and it's like well yeah I, I get that it, it's I think it's because there's certain games like Killzone 2 was a big uh, for PlayStation 3 was a big uh, uh, proponent to this right where they showed this huge cinematic and said this is next gen and they showed this 
vi- this video uh, from first person of this of like a first person shooter level, mm-hmm. and it looked amazing. It was the best looking game. It's still better than anything we see today. And it said running on PlayStation Three, and then it never looked like that when it came out. And everybody was <laughs> was mad about it. And Watch Dogs did the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think companies are starting to learn that. Okay, and, and even in magazines, they in EGM and and uh, like PlayStation Magazine and Game Informer and stuff, they would show these screenshots that looked amazing, and then the game didn't look anything like that. And I forget who coined this term, but people started using the term "bull shots" because oh, interesting, yeah, because like the screenshots represented nothing of the game, and uh, I think companies are learning that people are okay if your game doesn't look like a Pixar movie or like a, you know, Transformers mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, you think of the best CG you see on screen these days. And it's like, it's okay. If your game doesn't look like that, we get it. It's a game. So, but I, I just feel, I feel like, and Dan, I'm curious what you think too. Cause like that, okay. The space world was a while ago, but like the Zelda, uh, Wii U tech demo wasn't that long ago, but I, I feel like you couldn't do that now. Like it, could you imagine if, they release a, like this Breath of the Wild 2 footage, which I know we're going to get into later. Like, if this turned out to be nothing related to the game at all, like, could you imagine the meltdown that people would have? Yeah, but at the same time, like, Twitter is such a vocal minority, right? Like, people were losing their goddamn minds about the when Pokemon came out and not having national decks. And that game ended up still selling like 7 million, 8 million copies. Like, Mm -hmm. I really don't think these companies care that much. Like, they care enough to at least announce, you know, before Skyward Sword was announced in that direct earlier this year, they said, we know you're looking forward to Breath of the Wild. We'll have information. And same thing with the Metroid one where, oh, we're looking forward towards Metroid 4 or Prime 4. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I just... I, I I don't think that they're playing into reactions because then you let that vocal minority win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank goodness we got Pikmin. Yeah. Pikmin. <laughs> Pikmin 1 is still one of the greatest games of all time. I need a port. They did it. They ported it to Wii. It's already in widescreen. Just give me an HD version. That's all I want. I like Pikmin 3. But Pikmin 1 is the best. All right, guys, it's time to move into, how does that do it? Femi news. <laughs> Did I do it? Did I do it? Take it away, Dan. That's, yeah. <laughs> Take it away, Dan. Oh, thank you, Ed, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like E3 just happened, so the news is super light. Um so we're going to kick it off with uh, the first review is in for Mario Golf. Um the overall score is 33 out of 40, and it is coming out on Friday. Um, aside from just the totals, they didn't really talk much about the game. They said that the Speed Golf seems to have received good feedback, and that was about it. Um, so just what, what do you guys think? Are you, are you going to be picking up Mario Golf this weekend? Because I certainly am. Yes. The, the, the answer is yes. I am. I So short short story here i had my first encounter at a GameStop in almost two years this past week i sold Ooh. my xbox one x because i got a series x so i was like well 
probably don't need this machine anymore. And I went in, and I pre-ordered I, I pre uh, Skyward Sword, I pre-ordered Mario Golf, and I pre-ordered Metroid Dread and Monster Hunter Stories 2. And uh, he was like, oh, you're getting Mario Golf, huh? I'm like, yeah, who's not getting Mario Golf? And he seemed, like, really surprised that I was getting <laughs> Mario Golf. I'm like, it's Mario Golf, dude. What's wrong with you? Like, it's... Mario Golf is one of my favorite. It's if you were to put all the sport Mario sports games out in a line, Mario Golf is my favorite. I'll play it every single time you put it out. It's just amazing, and the speed golf stuff looks cool. The just the the career mode kind of looks neat this time around. They're bringing back the the Game Boy Advance uh, RPG elements that people love. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the career mode just because I have a me that's Lonk, um, Lonk from Pennsylvania. <laughs> I've I've actually been getting back into Smash a little bit and using him as a sword fighter, and it's been really funny. Oh gosh! Um, <laughs> but yeah, that speed golf looks awesome. So I'm super excited to play it with friends. I think online is just going to give it a whole new dynamic, and it, it'll be tough for this game to get stale and it seems like there's going to be like more unlockable courses and characters and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I'm so curious about it. And I, I feel like if it's a game, it, it's a game that if I give it a chance, I'm going to just become like buried in it. Uh, and my backlog is so big right now. Um, but I think I, I will buy it, but it's not going to be a day one purchase for me. I think I think I need to get through a few games first before I buy that. He says he needs to get through now, a few it, games, but you know he's just playing the Age of Calamity DLC. That's true, <laughs> that's I am. But doing. that, you know, I mean, I, I did buy that too, you know. So um, now if, if it was Mario Sluggers, I, it would be day one. But, but you know, I mean... I, like I was watching the the demo that they did the other day for it, <clears throat> the idea that there can be like bosses or like you know environmental bosses on the golf course is is such a cool mixture of Mario and golf. Like it, it it seems like even if you're not a huge golf fan, it seems like a game that you can just pick up and enjoy and love. Yeah, you definitely don't have to be a golf fan to enjoy Mario Golf. Like it, it's just a fun game, and they do such a good job with all their sports games. You know. Yeah. Ah, uh, now I'm remembering Wii Golf and how much fun I had. I'm Wii probably gonna end up buying it. Wii, Wii Sports in general, just. Mm. Where's my HD port of that? I know we got one on, oh, on Wii U, but like. You know that would sell, too. Like, even though there's better versions of all that, people would totally buy that. Yeah, because the Wii is old enough to be nostalgic for. Like, the kids that got it when they were 8 and 10 are now adults. They can play. Yeah. And they just want to play Wii Sports. Like, kids going to college and stuff. Like, they could just call it Switch Sports or Wii Sports HD or something. Something. I bought tabletop games to try and recreate the Wii bowling experience, and it's good. It, it's definitely tabletop games is a great game, but I, I think it's probably nostalgia, but nothing will match bowling on Wii Sports for me. I just love that so much. The bowling in Clubhouse games is really, really good. Like It's it's probably been the best one I've played since Wii Bowling. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Now you're going to get me to buy Clubhouse games. Oh, you don't have Clubhouse games? I don't. Oh, it's good. It's totally worth it. The thing that <laughs> I love the thing that games. bugs me though, 
the release point for the for the bowling ball is different than it's like the opposite of how you do it on the Wii. So it took me forever to adjust to tabletop games way of bowling. Are you calling clubhouse games tabletop games? Yep, I totally am. Okay, <laughs> those are different. They're different, different, right? Game. There was a, there was a tabletop game as well, right? I've never heard of tabletop games. Oh, now I'm gonna have to look this up. Okay. Ah, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Mario no. Golf. What, so, do we, what do we got next, Dan? All right, next up, um, it's uh, it's actually no news. Uh, Nintendo is releasing the Game & Watch system for the Zelda anniversary. In the E3 presentation, they stated that there's no new games in the works for Zelda. Do we believe Lies. them that there's actually going to be no new games? Lies. And do you think the Game & Watch is going to be enough to celebrate the franchise? Look, here's my theory, Okay. Here's my theory. 2023 is the 20th anniversary of Wind Waker. And that's when we will get Wind Waker HD on Switch. Mm. It's my theory. So you think you think that they'll acknowledge the 20th anniversary of Wind Waker and not the 35th anniversary of the entire franchise with the game? They did acknowledge it. They said they're putting out a game watch for the 35th anniversary. <laughs> Just like Mario. I, oh, God. Don't worry. This fall, I gotta this be, October, no. when Metroid Dread comes out, they'll announce a Metroid one. I got to say that, I, I like, and I, don't get me wrong, I already pre-ordered my game and watch, but <laughs> it, it, felt, it felt like a slap in the face. Like, I... It's it's your second biggest franchise and arguably your most important franchise, or maybe most impactful is a better word. And you're coming out with a game and watch is like the only way to mark the anniversary. Like, are you kidding me? Like you can't even port some of the old games over with like, like put the zero effort that you put into Mario 64 on Mario all-stars for Ocarina of time and Majora's mass. Like, like it literally costs you nothing. Like I, I just, it, it felt like a slap in the face. About the only thing that makes me excited for that game and watch is getting to play uh, Link's, Awakening. Link's Awakening in black and white. Yep, that's it. I uh, remember. So you said they put little effort, no effort into the Mario 3D collection. First of all, they forgot a game in that collection. First of all, arguably the best 3D Mario game in that collection. Because they want to sell it separately. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, did anybody play the Mario 25th anniversary collection on on Wii? That was literally just the Super Nintendo Mario All-Stars cartridge on the disc. They didn't even change the buttons or the menu or anything. <laughs> when you pop the disc in, it literally said Super Nintendo. Oh, oh my gosh. Man, that's awesome. That's bad. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Like they 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 literally just had a Super Nintendo controller lay out everything. Just everything. I was like, oh my gosh, guys, come on. I get yeah, it. You don't have to like, put effort into things to sell them, but if you put a little bit of effort. Right. Just just like I mean, how much did they really do for the Mario anniversary though? Like uh, getting Mario 3D World is the same as getting Skyward Sword. We're going to get a game and watch for both both mm -hmm. fronts. And like, yeah, we got the 3D All-Stars, but it didn't really seem to go over that well with people. And um, It wasn't good. 
Mario 64 was not good. And Mario 35. We got Mario 35 as well. We got two additional things from where's Mario. My, where's my Zelda. Zelda 35? Can we get 35? Zelda I wrote a whole 35. article about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had this... Gr- oh, man, I would love that. Yeah, I mean, I would have expected to see a lot of merchandise, too, because they did that for the Mario anniversary as well. Like, there was no merchandise whatsoever for Zelda. Like, they just didn't acknowledge any of it. And... Yeah. One of my theories on like basically having no Zelda anniversary news at E3 was just that Skyward Sword seems like a big risk for them because it it's overall like known as one of the worst games in the franchise now mm-hmm. whether you agree with it or don't. So it seems like mm-hmm. they were taking a risk with this game mm-hmm. and they probably don't want to poach their own sales if they're going to release some other things towards the end of the year. So maybe maybe after Skyward Sword releases and gets about a month of playtime, maybe we'll see a little bit more. But uh, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm getting really disappointed with some of this stuff because, like, I I just want to play all of the Zelda games on a modern console. That's all I want. I don't want to have to charge my 3DS. I don't want to have to hook up my Wii yep. U, even though it's hooked up right next to me. I don't, <laughs> you know, like I completely. I I just don't. I just don't understand. They that is literally printing them free money. Seriously, like if they just made digital only ports, so it <laughs> like it costs them nothing. If you go, I mean, if they did a Wind Waker Twilight Princess bundle for a hundred dollars i would still pay here's even the thing. if there was like no update to i would it. here's the thing <laughs> you could sell two different bun you could well for the 3d games you could sell two different bundles right you could sell majora's mask ocarina as one bundle for 60 bucks and you could sell wind waker twilight princess for 60 bucks and then you could sell a 2d zelda collection for 60 bucks oh yeah like link a link between worlds not being on the switch is a, a travesty yeah like I, like I said, I plugged in my 3DS because I want to play Samus Returns. You know how ugly a 3DS looks compared to Switch? Like, I just don't <laughs> want to play it. I just don't. I loved my 3DS, right, when it was the system of choice. I loved it. I can't stand it You now. know, I played so much Fire bad. Emblem on that thing, though. <laughs> as bad as I felt about the Zelda anniversary, there was definitely this moment in the Direct where we got Nintendo acknowledging Super Monkey Ball's anniversary, yeah, no, and we hadn't yet, and, like, Metroid. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, if I was a Metroid fan, I probably just would have quit at that moment. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of Metroid fans quit about 10 years ago when other M came yeah. out, and then nobody <laughs> acknowledged Metroid since then. Although I am a staunch defender of Federation Force. I liked that game. Of course... <laughs> Of course, I was the only person out of my friend group who played it. And when you get to, like, the third or fourth world, it's just, like, impossible to play by yourself because it's made to play with friends. Mm. <laughs> I still think I still think Metroid Prime 4 is going to have a mode like that in the game. But We'll see. All right, Dan. What's, uh, All right. what's next? Last one. This is an actual news article, too. Um, Ooh. <laughs> So, uh, Doug Bowser was actually interviewed by the Washington Post after the uh, E3 presentation. And they had asked him about Bloomberg and other outlets reports about Switch hardware upgrade, confirming longstanding rumors as well as some eager Nintendo fans waiting for the company to complete and 
to complete technology again. Bloomberg reported that Nintendo plans for this upgrade upgraded Switch as soon as September, but the same report said that they'd be announcing it at E3, which did not happen. Bowser responded with, we are always looking at technology and how technology can enhance gameplay experiences. It's not technology for technology's sake, Bowser tells the Washington Post. It's how specifically can technology enhance a gameplay experience, and then where do you apply that technology? Do you want to apply it on a current existing hardware or platforms, or do you want to wait for the next platform? And then, what's the right gameplay experience with that? There's a host of factors that goes into it, and it's something we're always looking at. So, that sounded like a whole lot of nothing to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. With the Switch Pro rumors, I mean, they were going around saying it was supposed to be announced two weeks before the show. Um, all these credible leakers and quotations, they were saying that it was going to happen, going to happen, going to happen. Nothing happened. And Nintendo specifically put out a tweet that said, we are focusing only on software during our E3 presentation. So, uh, did you guys read Bowser's interview and did anything stand out? Do you still think the Switch Pro is coming this year or at all? Uh, kick it off, David. You know, that exact answer that he gave about Nintendo's always looking at hardware, I think is like literally carbon copied from about six previous interviews. Like, <laughs> seriously, if you go back and look, like that is Nintendo's standard answer. Um, but what I will say, and, and I got to give credit to Andy Spateri at uh, the Champions Cast for saying this, because I, I, I'm convinced of this. I think all these Bloomberg rumors we're hearing and things like that, I think it's whatever Nintendo's next console is. I do think that they've been working on something, but I think we were, you know, collectively wrong in assuming it's a Switch Pro and not just the next console Nintendo's working on. Because uh, at, at this point... If, if, if there was going to be a Switch Pro, I really think this was the moment. And I've started to turn a little bit on my feelings of if this is going to happen or not for this generation of Nintendo. Man, I, I read the article too, right? I think it's always hard because like we're going to sit here and say that the Switch Pro is not happening. And then somewhere in the middle of July, they're just going to drop a trailer for the next Switch, right? Like that's comes out tomorrow. That's yeah. how it, that's how it <laughs> always happens. Uh, I still think the Switch Pro is real. I think it's coming. Uh, the fact that they didn't announce it before E3 um, kind of makes me think that the Switch is selling better than they thought it was going to. And they're going to keep going with this current model until they start seeing a dip in numbers and then they'll do a hardware refresh maybe sometime next year. Uh, that's, that's my thought. Uh, I know a lot of people have been pointing at the Zelda trailer and the Metroid trailer. They're running at 1080p, 60 frames a second. Uh, I edit like when I edit our videos, our videos automatically go up at 1080p, 60 frames a second. And there's no way our cameras are recording us at 60 frames a second. So, <laughs> I don't know how I didn't watch the digital foundry video on these trailers. Cause they did, they've done analysis on these trailers. I just haven't watched them yet. Uh, breath of the wild really is running at 60 frames a second in that trailer though. Uh, I find that hard to believe that it's running on regular switch hardware because breath of the wild chugs at 30 frames. Some like it runs sub 30 
a lot of the time. <laughs> and it's just like, especially when you're setting the grass on fire, throwing some bombs and, you know, you get some guardians in there chasing you. It's just, it's got to be running. I, and I know it's probably like some sort of weird PC build that they're going to end up moving to switch when they're done with the game. Right. Like not a game developer. I don't know if that's how it really works, but you know what I mean? Like they want to show the best versions of their games, but at the same time, I don't know, man, the switch pro stuff is really driving me nuts. Cause I really want, I, I really need a new yeah. switch and I'm holding out for this switch pro. <laughs> same, same for I me. I have a launch My day. Switch yep. is like the kill me frog on the simpsons every time i turn it on it's like why yeah i like <laughs> I, like i end up leaving it docked because that's the only way the fan doesn't sound like it's gonna like cut my fingers off because it's spinning so fast <laughs> okay but Corey, if you so you think that it it may come out like next year as a hardware re- you know reset but my question is like okay at that point we'd be six years into the life of the console if you're putting a Switch Pro out at that point, you're expecting at least two to three more years. Are we really having nine years on a single console? To me, it, I, like as much as I, because I'm like you, I have a launch day Switch. I want a new Switch so bad. But it, it, it at this point, like the time just doesn't make sense. It makes sense more as a next-gen console. So how do I mean, you it, remedy it very, that? It very well could be. It could be a DS to 3DS situation, right? Where like, okay, here's okay. here's the new console. It's backwards compatible with Switch. This is the Switch 2 or whatever. It plays all of your Switch games. Maybe it runs them a little better. Maybe it runs them a little cleaner. But here's our cutoff, and now we're making... Or maybe it's like a Game Boy Color situation where, like, certain cartridges can run in color, but you can play it on your original Game Boy or Game Boy Pocket if you don't have a color. That type of thing could also be. Um, I think Nintendo just reading rumors and judging by the way they've done done things with their handhelds and the way they're kind of looking at the the mobile space a little bit is like i feel like they're gonna look at ipads like the way ipad refreshes and say here's the next switch um we're still gonna support you know maybe two maybe this is like 15 years from now we're still gonna support two models behind uh, but here's our cutoff. Once this new model comes comes out, here's the cutoff. Or maybe it's just the the way that like like what Xbox is doing, right? With backwards compatibility. Here's our new console. It plays all your old games from this point forward, and this this is just the way it's going to be now. Certain games don't run backwards, but all mm-hmm. games will run forwards. So I don't know. Yeah. Because I can't, I, mean, I can't see them going back to a normal console ever again. Like, I just can't. Well, no. How do you explain these Bloomberg articles, right? We're talking, like, these OLED screens, and it basically is a Switch model, right? So, like, that kind of... That doesn't seem like it's going to be some sort of new console that you're thinking of, David. And I think I, I'm on the same lines as Corey, where I think the Switch is just going to be like upgrading your iPhone from now on you know, going from the X to the 12 or whatever. So, you know, we'll see improved graphics, we'll see improved things, and maybe down the road we'll get, like, a new console. But I think I think what they're doing with the Switch, making it a hybrid, like playing on the TV, playing handheld mode, they can't ditch that, right? 
like that's why they're selling them just like crazy because as like we all grew up with games and now gamers are in their 30s and we're all you know have busy lives travel for work have kids have things to do and playing in handheld mode is kind of our our release it's it's not like sitting down in front of the tv and turning on your xbox or playstation and committing right like you could go do a couple things in Link's awakening so it, to me they're not competing with playstation and xbox right now they're just their own entity they're selling their own systems and they're happy no to be way. they're happy to be your second console which automatically yeah. makes them you know in first everyone's place. second yeah. console yeah because yeah. you either own a a lot of people I mean, some people own all three, which, you know, those, those people are lucky, right? But right. I I own an Xbox and a Switch. So that's, you know, you're either going to own a PlayStation and a Switch or an Xbox and a Switch. And uh, if they can keep that train rolling, right, like the Switch Lite is going to be for the kids. And the, like the Switch right now is for, I guess, for everyone, right? Like if you want to play on the TV, whatever. I don't, I just, I can't see them going back to the old model. I can't see them do that. Like if they, Mm -hmm. if they're going to do that, they would really have to commit on an Xbox style level of like, this is a super powerful box. You're going to get 4k ray tracing 60 frames a second in your Zelda. Right. And Nintendo's never going to do that. Right. Cause they, it's Nintendo. As much as we love Nintendo, they're not going to do that. Nope. So why not stick with what works? And keep it going. And that's, yeah. I, mean, I mean, another example before we move on. Sorry, I know this topic's going kind of long. You look at the way the 3DS kind of upgraded from the 3DS to the new 3DS, right? You see games like Smash Brothers running infinitely better on the new 3DS. You see Hyrule Warriors running infinitely better on the new 3DS. The Switch could potentially do that. Uh, right. I think that's a great comparison, Corey. Mm-hmm. I, I actually like you. You totally sold me on this idea of Nintendo approaching console upgrades differently based on their history with the 3DS. I think that's spot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I still think we're going to get it this year for the holidays. I like. I really think we're going to get a presentation within a month or so. I think. I think it, we're going to get coming, a third. And it's coming fast. I think we're going to get a third party <laughs> partners direct, and that's where you're going to see Bayonetta three running running wow like that's a hot take yeah well that would be okay so i think side tangent i think the reason why we haven't seen bayonetta 3 is because platinum's working really hard to get out of this nintendo deal and put bayonetta on everything it's going to come to nintendo it's going to come to nintendo first it's that's going to be part of the deal but as soon as bayonetta 3 releases six months later you're going to see the entire trilogy packaged on xbox and playstation I, because Platinum wants to publish their own games. They want to make deals. They want to uh, ex- experiment on other consoles, right? You see Babylon's Fall as their live service game, which don't think that's going to work. But uh, you, you see how you see their success with Nier, right? Like they're doing all kinds of interesting things. And I, I know they love Bayonetta as a character, and I think they want that character to be explored by other people other than just Nintendo, right? Bayonetta two was saved by Nintendo because Bayonetta one didn't sell well, but the more these action, these stylized action games like devil may cry and, you know, Sekiro and some of these other games that are coming out. I think platinum wants to be there. 
and say, look, we have we have the OG stylized action character right here in Bayonetta. We want you to play it. So I don't know. I I think that third party partners thing is coming uh, some sort of direct. And I think I think Bayonetta is going to be there. And I think we're going to get some sort of weird Switch Pro trailer announcement the way that they announced Paper Mario. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what's going to happen, too. So that's that's my hot take. All right. Um, well, after that hot take, <laughs> we we have no more news because all the news was in E3. So it's true. Thank you, guys. Corey, take it back. Take it back. Uh, all right. So we're going to move into our docked mode. We're going to talk about our favorite things from E3. I put top three on here, but I feel like we're going to talk a lot about Zelda theories and maybe a little bit of Metroid and a little bit of other things. But David, before we before we kind of dive deep into this, you weren't here for our direct recap show. Did how what how would you rate Nintendo's direct? How did did you how did you enjoy the direct? I you know I mean I if I take my own <clears throat> fan passion out of it, I, I got to say that it was one of their better directs that they've had in a really long time. And that they probably finished like one B like if, if Xbox is one a with what uh, Bethesda and Xbox did, Nintendo was one B. Um, I, I probably got to give the nod to Xbox if I'm being neutral. Um, if I let my fan brain back in a little bit, um, <laughs> Nintendo killed it. <laughs> they by far were the winners of E3. Um, but I have a little bit of rage about the Zelda anniversary. Uh, that that didn't sit well with me. Um, Your reaction and... was kind of funny watching it together. You're like, yeah. <laughs> you like you like acknowledged it, but it didn't sink in, and you were just you're like I uh, I, I I need time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you didn't know what to do. But you know, like objectively. Nintendo did something that they don't often do, which is listen to people, right? Like they put out those surveys about Warrior WarioWare and then they gave people a new Wario game, right? Like the people have been asking for a Metroid game, they gave people a Metroid game. They brought back some classic games that fans love, uh like Super Monkey Ball and uh what's the the, stri- the, the strategy game? Advance Wars. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I, I think Nintendo had a great direct. I I do take issue with uh, some of their decisions around the Zelda anniversary, but I think they had a great direct. And if it wasn't that that Microsoft and Bethesda had a literal perfect presentation at E3, I think we would be talking about Nintendo being the big winner. Yeah, I mean, they were they were so solid, like. You can't deny that Microsoft did so well that they ended up selling systems and, you know, Sony not being there, like, <laughs> like they just shot themselves in the foot because now people are looking at Xbox and they're seeing that they're putting so much time and care into it. Mm-hmm. And on top of like their big exclusives, they also have smaller things that they're putting themselves into when, you know, I think it was like six weeks ago, Sony came out and they said, we're putting a lot of focus into our top IPs, which is that a good look for them? I don't know. 
<laughs> you, you know, it's funny, just going back to what you said about the consoles, uh, Dan, I'm, I'm one of those people, like I have an aging Xbox One and I have my Switch and my Switch is my primary system and occasionally I'll go on my Xbox. And I've been deciding for some time about what I'm going to do with next generation consoles for stuff not Nintendo. And I've been back and forth with PlayStation versus Xbox and that, that presentation put me squarely back in the Xbox camp it, for that exact reason. Like if I had seen that, but then saw, you know, Sony do a state of play at E3 where they showed off, uh, you know, Zero Dawn Horizon and some of their other games, you know, maybe I would have been more in the middle, but like the, the Game Pass content plus some of these new games, plus Halo Infinite, it, it just made me realize like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be back on Team Xbox, you know, when I think about those two. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually, I so I've always been a PlayStation guy. I've never owned an Xbox in my life. Um, and it's funny because now, like, after that presentation, I'm looking at Game Pass and I'm looking at, you know, so, like, them taking Bethesda as well. We were talking about Elder Scrolls beforehand, you know, and then we also have the Indiana Jones game. I'm kind of leaning towards Xbox now, which is just crazy. I never thought I would do that in my life. I've heard that I've heard that anecdote from a couple people. Like never owned an Xbox, right? Or they haven't owned one since 360 or the original. But just the value of Game Pass plus all of the studios and everything they're working on. Right. It's just like, like, maybe I'll get an Xbox or maybe I'll get a Series S in Game Pass and that'll be my Xbox. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I have a Series S and it's great. I recommend it to anybody who wants to play Xbox. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. You can just find me one, Corey. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, Nintendo had a great presentation, though. I. You know, seeing like three franchises completely revived, that was awesome to see. Mm -hmm. And they also had some like really cool games that nobody's really talking about. Like Astria Ascending looks so good to me. Like the artwork looks fantastic. And I'm, you know, I'm a JRPG guy, so I love the turn-based system. You forgot the most <laughs> important game, Dan, in Cruisin' Blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I guess i forgot that one that's all right everybody <laughs> did except for me apparently so <laughs> did, you, did you guys think that this mario party was unnecessary because i've been hearing that relax reaction a lot and i'm not a big mario party uh person but i i thought that it was really awesome that they came out with another mario party but i've been hearing mixed reactions on of that of course it's unnecessary it's mario party but it's gonna sell 15 well, million units and you know, make Nintendo lots of money. So why not? And it's and a, I'm yeah. going to buy one here. Here's the thing though. <laughs> okay. This, this Mario party is different. I feel like because it's, it's basically like a, a N64 all-stars version where they're, they're taking five maps hmm. from the N64 games, which is the best era of Mario party. There's over a hundred different mini games throughout the series uh, in this and they're adding more playable characters which is good and they're adding a lot of quality of life improvements online play that kind of thing so i i yeah it's unnecessary but also if they're going to do this they've picked the right version of the game to do mm. so uh, i just think it's a little weird that they just added online play to super mario party and then six months later they're putting on a new mario party oh which... it's a beta test 
It totally is a beta. Yeah, they, that was a total beta test. They like, should have just. They should have just. What they should do is just if you have Super Mario Party, this should be a DLC pack for Super Mario Party. If you don't own Super Mario Party, you can buy this separately. Um, that would just make too much sense. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. Or, I don't know. And on top of that, it's all button games. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> like, I would have been happy if they just gave Super Mario Party a DLC with, like, four more boards and, like, 100 mm-hmm. mini games, whatever. Talk about, 70 mini games. Talk about game as a service. They have two games that would be perfect for a, a DLC packs or Battle Pass type thing. Mario Party is one of them. Every three months, give me a DLC pack with, like, three new board, two new boards, three new boards, whatever, a couple mini games, a couple playable characters. And then, so they're already doing it with the mobile version. Mario Kart. Where's the battle passes for Mario Kart? Give me new costumes for these characters. Give me new tracks. Give me new events. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. This is going off on a tangent. I'm very sad now. Because <laughs> all I want is... All I want more than anything is more Mario Kart. We're not getting it because Mario Kart nope. 8 sells too good, too well. Stop buying Mario Kart 8, everyone. Stop it. <laughs> okay, well, hold I did on, just want to say, too, like like the Mario Party, it, it was necessary, though, because like anybody who has and is playing it, they need something new. It's the only game I can get my fiancé to play with me, and we're so sick of it. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> like you play that game four times and you're sick of it. You know what I mean? So I I'm happy to get a new Mario Party. Yeah. My I try to get my wife to play Mario Party and she hates it. She hates it. <laughs> we put the only game she'll play with me again is Mario Kart. And the fact that we've been playing the same Mario Kart for eight years. She's just bored now. And I'm like Mario Kart 8 is the best Mario Kart ever made, and I'm bored. Give me more Mario Kart. Let's see. There's, what, 85 million Switches out there? So we only need to sell 45 million more units of Mario Kart, everybody, (laughs) until we get Mario Kart 9, because that way everybody will already have it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, Mario Tennis Aces has, like, the coolest online system where, like, you play tournaments and stuff and you earn costumes and new characters and new courts. Like, if they did that with Mario Kart 8, that would be awesome. We're just making too much sense here. Treehouse needs yeah. new employees, right? We're, we all volunteer <laughs> to work at Treehouse. We'll just crash at David's until, until we <laughs> find our own place to live. At Doug Bowser, mm. if you're listening, we have some ideas. Yeah. Doug, Doug, can I call you Dougie? We're friends, right? <laughs> we have ideas. You can have that one for free. First one's free. That's how they get you. Uh, don't do drugs, kids. It's bad news. <laughs> uh, so what? What were our favorite things from E3? I think Breath of the Wild is clearly something we're going to talk about, but kind of want to save that for last because I feel like that's going to be the deepest conversation. Uh, a couple games uh, you guys were excited for. Uh, Mario Rabbids, I know, is a huge one. Mario Rabbids. Oh, so excited. I'm so excited. Did you see the fan theories going around for that, Dan? No, I haven't. How? What, what's going on? To, uh, <laughs> like, 
Rosalina, like secretly Rosalina, is the bo- is the bad guy of this game, the villain. Oh, I did read about that one, and I'm all in. I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, a weird fan theory that's going around because apparently the real villain is like mind control can do mind control or whatever, and she's kind of like uh, puppet puppet Peach from Twilight Princess. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, so. That was a that was a fan theory going around. Did you so like the gameplay had had a little bit of a bat, uh, change in the battle system where it didn't look like it was grid based and it looked like it was kind of free roaming. Yeah, um, I noticed that, but they did say it was still grid based. So I don't mm. I don't know. I I liked the linearness of the first game. Uh, I kind of feel like this is they said this is kind of open hubs a little bit. I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm not going to complain. We're getting a sequel. Hold judgment until it comes out. I mean, how they can't ruin the game, right? Like Mm. they had such a good battle system in the first one. Yeah. Maybe slight tweaks here and there, but no, man, it was so good. I mean, Mario's (laughs) Mario's dual wielding now. So, oh, I love that. Oh, if you can do two weapons? Yeah. That would be cool. If you could, like, mix and match weapons and create different combos. Yeah, and I wonder if there's going to be, like, different environmental things. Like, since it'll be in space, I wonder if you can jump higher or, you like, you need a helmet on to (laughs) roam on the ground. Now we're getting crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just so excited for this game. Yeah. Me too. Uh david anything other than zelda that you're excited for (laughs) yeah i mean i have lots to say about the zelda stuff but i you know as somebody who has never been able to get into the metroid games i've already pre-ordered metroid dread and i'm i'm pretty excited for that that trailer totally hooked me one of the things that i really liked about the trailer and as dan mentioned earlier i know it's not official gameplay footage but i really like how they had the 3d trailers mixed with the 2d play Mm -hmm. And it got me just thinking about all the opportunities that Nintendo has to redo side-scrolling games like that. Like, could you imagine if they redid Zelda 2 the way they're doing <laughs> this Metroid mm-hmm. game? Like, like I mean, just to have, like, full 3D videos with a fully re-enhanced and actually playable Zelda 2. Like, you know, sorry, I got back to Zelda here, but I'm really excited about Metroid. So that that's one that uh, really got me interested. Um, I'm kind of curious about Wario. Wario, uh, like I, I've never. I mean, the only thing I've ever even played is the Smash Brothers level for it. But I'm kind of curious. Like it just seems kind of fun. So yeah. oh, the um, the WarioWare game, the new WarioWare game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's so so that. That one's got me interested. And then, um, you know, Dan's, Dan's slowly turning me into somebody that will play uh, JRPGs. So there's there's a few of those that were shown that I'm kind of curious about. And the Shimagame Tensei Five kind of got me curious watching the gameplay so a little bit. Good. I could, I could yeah. feel Dan's drool <laughs> dripping <laughs> from his mouth <laughs> during that gameplay. Uh, oh, it was so good. And watching it on the treehouse made it even like that much better. Mm-hmm. Cause that game, it was a good presentation at, at, at treehouse. Yeah. Cause I feel like that trailer, like when you get into a JRPG, I feel like a trailer doesn't usually do it justice. Like a game I'm really excited for is tales of arise, which is coming to uh, Xbox and PlayStation. Uh, 
And like that trailer didn't do that game justice, but if you watch the gameplay stuff that they've shown off, it's like it's an awesome looking action RPG. Uh, whereas Shin Megami Tensei, like that trailer, I was like, man, this sure looks like Tokyo Mirage Sessions uh, <laughs> without fire the fire emblem in it. And uh, but then when you watch the Treehouse, you're like, okay, I get it. This is this is you know, here we go, JRPG. Although the battle system does look a lot like Tokyo Mirage Sessions. So, uh, but yeah, Shin Megami Tensei looks good. I will probably check that out as well. Uh, what were you saying, Dan? Sorry. I mean, oh, of... I was just going to say, I, I'm pretty hyped for that. And like, I, I like how there's so much with like JRPGs and strategy RPGs and bringing back advance wars. <laughs> I'm like really excited about as well. I don't know if you guys played that at all, but, um, it, it's a super fun strategy RPG. It ex- and it's on these like little board game grids. Yeah, it's cool. Like like you said, when you zoom when they zoomed out, like they're playing on, on a on a board, like a board game board. It looks really cool. It looks really cool. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a really f- fun game, and like the text is pretty funny in it too. Like mm-hmm. it's it, it's really good. I anybody who likes like a strategy RPG, Fire Emblem, mm-hmm. Mario Rabbids, g- give that a shot. Yeah. Uh, Way forward is doing the remakes, which is exciting. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Intelligent system just gave up on it, so I yeah. think that's why we're now getting this. Yeah. Oh, well, apparently they gave up on Fire Emblem too, and they just made Paper Mario. So, because <laughs> uh, I think Te- Koei Tecmo developed most of Three Houses, which explains why there's a lot of <laughs> anime stuff going on in there. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I mean Metroid is is for me is looks like a, a great one. Uh I'm ex- I'm kind of excited for Cruising Blast even though it looks terrible. Like it just I really loved Cruising USA on the N64 and uh I don't know what it is about this game. I just I, I will play it. I want to I want to drive a unicorn through prehistoric whatever. Like it just looks crazy. It looks stupid. So uh I liked that. And I will probably play Mario Party because it's Mario Party and I want to play it because I, I'm the only person that plays Mario Party by themselves, apparently. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I did I did get the, the Hyrule Warriors DLC. Uh, I will. I've, I'm going to be playing that in the next couple of days as well. I want to finish it. Um, so I, It's awesome. Yeah. I keep hearing that. <laughs> I, pl- I I liked what I played. I played the first three hours, and then I just stopped for some unknown reason. Um, so mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be playing that, and then of course, Breath of the Wild two was shown. It looks great. I know we only got like a minute worth of footage, but man, t- I <sighs> there's so many intentional shots in there. What do they mean? David, what do mm-hmm. they mean? There's so many Skyward Sword <laughs> and, references yeah. in there. There's some Ocarina it, in there. It, we got to be on the same page about this, right? That they intentionally release, release Skyward Sword HD at this moment in mm-hmm. time because the second game's going to connect in some way. Yeah, clearly. I mean, those shots were too coincidental, right? Yeah, like Link jumping in the sky. 
out of the sky, right? And then yeah. Zelda falling into the pit, right? These are very clear right. Skyward Sword references. Uh, and then, of course, this the Sky Islands, which I'm assuming is their version of, of Skyloft, right? Like, I'm assuming? Yeah. Man. Ugh! Twitter's been fun with all the fan theories last last week. It's been great. I, I'm I'm so excited for that game, but I also am at in the camp where I don't want to rush Nintendo. Like I, I I want them to release it when it's ready. I mean, don't go Metroid Prime on us, but you know, make it make it ready. <laughs> yes, please don't start over development, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm really interested to see like. Because I think we're getting the same Hyrule, just altered, because obviously the castle lifted and probably caused some earthquakes across the land, and some things will be the same and some will be different. Obviously, we have this, the sky world. Do you think we're going underground at all? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, that that original trailer that we got two years ago suggested mm-hmm. that. And, you know, if they're going to keep the same overworld... Where else do you go to make it fresh? Well, you go to the sky, you go below ground, and you go in the water. Mm-hmm. And I, we'll probably get all three of those. Yeah. You think that's where we'll get the dungeons is underground and in the water? Like, gosh, we're going to get a water temple. A water temple. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. No. Uh, I, I'm excited for the, the thought that dungeons are coming back, though. I have theories on dungeons. So... I just has have they said anything or shown any reason for us to think that there are dungeons coming? No. Back? <laughs> there, well, there's a lot. There's some large buildings in the trailer that you know again could be nothing. I mean, there's a whole coliseum in Breath of the Wild that would be ideal for a dungeon that wasn't a dungeon. But but in the in the Sky Islands, there's some buildings that people have isolated in the clips that look pretty dungeon esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I, so my theory on dungeons coming back, right? The whole thing with Breath of the Wild that people either loved or hated was the breakable weapons, right? Loved. My <laughs> I love my, yeah. my theory is like dungeons are going to give you that master sword mm-hmm. version of like the boomerang or the claymore or, you know, the the spear or whatever. Like they're going to give you unbreakable weapons. Right. I, I feel like that's mm-hmm. that's gonna be the purpose of the dungeons. No, I think, I think it's a great solution. I think they would do tools in the dungeons, right? Like a hook shot that will help you climb in between mountains and stuff, but not like actual fighting weapons. Like with breakable weapons, you have to go all in or you don't. <laughs> like there's no way you can kind of half ass it on both fronts. Like if you give weapons that all of a sudden can't break then there's no point in ever getting or ever farming weapons in the field again. Like that just kills the purpose, right? Well, I think that's the incentive, right? Like you can go straight to Ganon in Breath of the Wild, right? With a stick and a rusted sword or whatever, right? But your incentive is to go find the better weapons, the good weapons, the master sword, whatever. I feel like you could still, I feel like you could totally beat Breath of the Wild 2 without ever doing a dungeon, right? You go in with the breakable weapons, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the incentive to do the dungeons is to get those weapons. And uh, I don't know. I still think, I still think like 
the white sword is going to be in this game somewhere. Like, that's going to be the master sword of this game, right? Because I'm assuming you're going to start with the master sword or something, or it's going to break or something. Yeah, it disappears from the, the second trailer. Yeah. I, I think that I, I, I think you're right, I, and I think we could not have the master sword in this game, or at least a good portion of the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, right. Or you stick it back in the in the in the, in the yeah, ground, and it, it just takes you back in time. <laughs> well, I like the idea of getting more permanent weapons or the ability to fix weapons or something in the dungeons. I think that's a nice compromise and I could actually see a mixture of tools and weapons uh, because the original Legend of Zelda had that. You got tools, but you also got the fire rod or things like that that were, honestly, the fire rod was the best weapon in that game. And, you know, if Breath of the Wild was a callback to some of the, the freedom that came with the first game, um, I could totally see them taking that approach with this with this follow up. Mm-hmm. They did they give a time frame of how long this takes place after the first game? They didn't. Mm-mm. No, because I was wondering. Thing... Go ahead. Oh, I was I was just gonna say I wonder if like some civilization has kind of rebuilt itself a little bit. Like you don't just have the four main areas, right? Maybe there's a small town out in the middle of nowhere that you can go in. I, I mean. Yeah, there's that in Breath of the Wild, but I feel like there's a chance for there to be more uh, expansion. Like maybe there's a hut with somebody that's going to give you a quest to go find the fire rod or the one of the rings or something. You know, like, I don't know. I have all these weird theories. I also had this weird theory about crafting. Like, yeah, weapons are breakable, but you could craft them to be stronger or more durable or whatever, too. So well, I'm Age, on Age of with... Calamity does that, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm on board with that because... Like here, here's here's why I don't think permanent weapons will ever exist in Breath of the Wild. Just because the main focus of Breath of the Wild isn't Ganon. It isn't going and beating Ganon. It's exploring. Mm-hmm. It's it's finding every inch of the the land. Like, and you don't do that with permanent weapons because your weapons break and you're out finding another weapon. You're finding another camp to intrude. So if you like if you can farm items and like craft weapons or get your weapons stronger, I think that's something that would happen because that involves the exploration. But like just going into a dungeon and getting a permanent spear, uh, I, I don't think that'll happen just because that takes away the es- exploration aspect. And that's what it seems like the developers wanted out of breath of the wild was for you to go around lighting every bush on fire and <laughs> you know what I mean? Throwing <laughs> bombs everywhere. So yeah, that that's just my take on it. Yeah. I, I just, that was like the one thing I was like, I, I would always get these, like, I, I mean, I still knew where to go get the sword if I needed it. Right. Like the Royal, like the Royal swords were kind of like my go-to uh, yeah. in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope, I hope we get those sweet, guardian nunchucks from age of calamity though (laughs) oh my god those are awesome uh do you do we think zelda's gonna be playable at some point no god i thought so right up until the moment they show her falling down that pit and then it's like uh, you know i don't know i so here's my thing i think that the other playable character 
is probably going to be Link from 10,000 years ago. I, I know that's a popular theory going around, but I, when I saw that his costume and everything else, uh, when he's initially falling, I, I don't think that's the same Link that we see carrying around the Master Sword. And so if they're already having some other kind of playable character, I don't see them also including Zelda. Man, that that debunks my theory that Zelda was going to be in your party. And to solve shrine puzzles, you're going to have to switch between Link and Zelda and do different things. Which would be great. I mean, that that really, I mean, that would be great. I, I want them to do that. I just, now that trailer, I mean, who knows? The, the trailer could be completely throwing us for a loop. But Yeah. I mean, the trailer showed us nothing. That's <laughs> like, not true. It showed, it showed, it showed, it showed barely anything. It showed Link swimming through a rock. So <laughs> that that was awesome. By the way, it was so cool. <laughs> it was so great. Uh, do we think? Do we? So when he freezes those three or four uh, big spiky ball things, do we think that's mm-hmm. just an improvement on the stasis ability, or do we think that's a new ability? Mm. It seems like whatever is going on with his hand. Mm-hmm has the same powers that the Sheikah Slate has. So, but also stasis in some ways deals with time and it almost seems like he could have been reversing time with the spike balls there. So I do wonder about that a little bit. Um, He certainly doesn't have the Sheikah Slate on him anywhere in the previews and he doesn't have the the Master Sword either for that matter. So... Uh, I'm curious about that. This, this How many times have you guys watched the trailer? About 75 <laughs> A lot. <times. laughs> uh, it's it's going to be so good. We, I can't wait. I do got to say that we got to, like, Princess Mononoke, which was one of the first animes I ever watched be, because of the Zelda connection. It, it seems like Nintendo is now not even hiding that they're drawing inspiration from that. I... I I know, Dan, you don't watch it. Have you guys, Corey, have you seen that uh-huh. at all? It's worth watching. It's an older movie now. It's, I think it's like 90 minutes. But the premise is, you know, and forgive me those of you who are listening who, who know it better. I've only seen it once. But um, there's this demon pig, this demon boar, who is infecting, almost like malice, the natural world. And the hero gets the infection from this demon pig who is called the demon king (laughs) just like literally ganon's name um it infects his arm and so his arm becomes evil and he has to go on this quest to sort of find the cure for himself and for the land which is like and everything like writing the animals the world the art style is just like breath of the wild is taken straight from that and and people already thought this with the first game but now with the whole arm thing it's like nintendo's not even they're not even hiding hiding it so yeah that kind (laughs) of so do you think that ganon is going to be the enemy in this or is it going to be um a a different enemy isn't the theory that demise is going to be back that's the theory i i am sympathetic to that I really, I wonder about that. Other people are looking at the the symbol that's on Link's wooden shield there, and it's the same symbol from Vaddy uh, that the wizard from the Four Swords has, mm-hmm. and that the four little marks. If you look at the cover art for Four Swords, it has Vaddy's eye and then the four links mm-hmm. in exactly the same position as the shield. 
But honestly, Nintendo could just be messing with us. I mean, the first Breath of the Wild is full of Zelda mythology that doesn't actually have any effect on the gameplay. For example, the Twilight Mirror is along the beach. There's nothing really pertinent about Twilight Princess in the game, right? You have the Breach of Demise uh, in, you know, just to the west of Hyrule Field. That's a reference to Skyward Sword, but Skyward Sword, at least in the first game, doesn't actually really matter, right? So it's like, you know, just because this stuff shows up in the trailer, it doesn't really mean anything. Well, here's... Uh, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Brace yourself, Dave. Oh, God. So... <laughs> Age of Calamity might be canon, and Demise is post... Oh, spoilers, everybody. <laughs> and it could be post Age of Calamity. Um, oh, man, that, that would be a trip. That just hurt my soul saying that, so please excuse me for a moment. But that 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 might be it. Like It could be a, a separate timeline in the Breath of the Wilds. Oh, no, um, no more line. separate timelines. No oh. more. Could you imagine the meltdown, the collective meltdown oh, if people I, I, found I out? I lost a little piece of my soul just saying that, and it was a theory. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that, Dan. You just gave me so much hope. I can't even tell you. I never That didn't even cross my mind, but now, I, now I'm going to be mad if it's not that. <laughs> well, I, I, I am really hoping that doesn't happen because I just want to stay in the camp that Age of Calamity is fan fiction. So <laughs> It's not. It's real. It is. It's, it's real. <laughs> hey, in the trailer at, at E3, when uh, EJ Anuma came out, he specifically said, see more of what happened 100 years ago. He did not say this fan fiction that Dan talks about. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, going, going back to Age of Calamity, how cool was it that Zelda's <laughs> riding the motorcycle now? Oh, it's It was awesome. so cool. I love it. Like I was like, oh. And it's perfect. I know it is for uh, for warriors. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that's cool. They're show, the motorcycles back, and then they just, like Zelda's riding. I'm like, oh man, that's cool. Warriors always has that kind of a little bit goofy, like you know, like you ride the spinner in the first Hyrule mm-hmm. Warriors, right? So it's like it's just to me, it's like totally over the top, and I love yeah. it. Like that she she has the master cycle. It's awesome. It's so cool. Uh, any any other theories about breath of the wild too before we kind of wrap it up and go into playing with power i mean besides you know another full podcast worth of theories (laughs) i'll give a theory but it's not about the plot i i think we're not getting it till the end of 2022 Mm -hmm. which hurts me a little bit but i the one thing i definitely like the impression I took away from seeing them talk about it is that it's nowhere close to being mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we would have seen more if it was closer. Um, plus like that lines up a killer year for next year though. Right. Cause you have Splatoon three, you have Pokemon mm-hmm. and you have uh breath of the wild two, probably, probably Bayonetta three next year, probably maybe a Metroid prime collection next year. Splatoon 3 or Mario Kart. Yeah. No, yeah. don't give me hope, David. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> All right, we're going to that was that was our docked mode. We're going to move into playing with power. Do I have to say it some special way? Playing with power. Is that <laughs> uh, you need a little more high pitch. I I can't. I can't I can't do the head. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I tried. 
I did my best. Shout out to Shane though. He he's in our chat and he said he thinks Ganondorf will try to help Link defeat Demise. Oh, I would love that. If this, because if it's the uh, end of the timeline, there's nothing stopping Nintendo from finally breaking the curse. They can always make games back in other spots of the timeline. So I love that idea. I love the idea that Ganondorf is helping. Like maybe he's a quest giver or something Mm -hmm. in Breath of the Wild, and then like. You defeating uh, the entity, whether it's Demise or Ganon or whatever, Ganondorf, like he he has purposes where he he wants to absorb the power, and he needs Link's help mm. to kill him. Help me out here. It'll Explain awesome. the difference between Ganon and Ganondorf. So Ganondorf is the man. Ganon is the demon pig mm. form. Okay. Yeah. And and Ganon gets reincarnated each game cycle as part of the curse from demise. Gotcha. Now I feel like I I need to finish Skyward Sword to just catch up on the lore. God, I'm going to have to do like a (laughs) full playthrough run. We should do that. Leading up to Breath of the Wild, we should, as a unit, play through all of the Zelda games on stream. Well, we're all going to play Skyward Sword, so that's a great start. It's fair. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not w- waving my Joy-Cons around, though. I'm playing with the right stick, as intended. <laughs> All right, we're going to move into playing with power. David, what are you, what are you playing? So I, I've been grinding on Xenoblade Chronicles. I, I think I'm pretty close to the final boss, or at least approaching. Um, and so I, I got to level up on that. So I've been playing a lot of that. Uh, I've uh, I'm enjoying the new season of Fortnite. That's kind of the, the main game that I play with my kids. Um, lots of Fortnite together. And then, of course, the Age of Calamity DLC. Um, and I'm still working my way through Triforce Heroes, which I still love with no apologies. So <laughs> so what exactly is in the Age of Calamity DLC? I haven't paid attention because I gave away my copy. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Uh, <laughs> ignoring that for a minute. Uh, there's two waves. So wave one is two new weapons, which are just kind of out of the box and over the top weapons. And then um, <laughs> guardian numbers. There's yeah, guardian numbers in the master cycle. But then there's this technology lab that basically allows you to power up a lot of the stuff from before to new levels. So you can increase weapon efficiency. The, um, the different runes can be more powerful, but they also introduce some new enemies that are a lot harder at variants. Like they have some that have mega health or you can't get their shields broken or they're just incredibly deadly. And then they actually released a new challenge mode. So instead of being hard, very hard, it's apocalyptic. Oh, Oh, Which is just like out of this world hard. I'm I'm trying to do the DLC first before going to Apocalyptic because I'll just never get through it. Because you played the original game on like the hardest mode. On very hard. Yeah. Yep. Very hard. Yeah. And that was, I mean, it got absurd towards the end. So, uh, and then Wave 2, which comes out in November, is going to be story based. And Nintendo hasn't said a lot about that yet. But we'll probably get some new playable characters. Um, oh, and you apparently get to play a Guardian, and it, they did release that. I haven't unlocked that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get more content, and I'm crossing my fingers that we'll get Aster's backstory in the fall. So, And he's the only character that's not playable, right? Him and Suga, uh, it, you know, uh, 
if you don't want to hear spoilers, you can come back in 20 seconds. But there was a data mine um, a few months back that found voice files for when they're playing in the game for both Suga and Aster. So very likely we'll get those in the fall. Interesting. Cool. Nice. Dan, what are you playing? What RPG are you um, playing? <laughs> well, uh, good thing you asked because... I am playing CrossCode. <laughs> it's so CrossCode is an awesome game. I had started it like a year ago, and then I just got totally sidetracked with different games and ended up putting it down. And I've kind of been through a little bit of a lull with games and just wanted something that was going to, you know, catch my attention. So I started CrossCode again, and like I'm obsessed with this game. It is so good. Um, like beating those dungeons is so rewarding. Like mm-hmm. you get such satisfaction out of it. Um, I, I love the battles. I love like upgrading it and the story's pretty fun too. So um, CrossCode is just like such a solid game. I recommend it to anybody who likes JRPGs or like top down Zelda games. Yeah. Um, it kind of has like know. a, almost has like a chrono trigger vibe to it almost. Or like a it does like the art almost. style. Yeah, the art style reminds me of Chrono Trigger. Yeah, and um, yeah, it, it's like it mixes this like <laughs> 2D Zelda with the JRPG somehow, and it works. It's so good. Um, I love yeah. CrossCode. I I played it on Switch, and then it came to Game Pass, and I played it on my TV, and I'm like, I gotta go back to this on Switch because this I, it belongs in handheld mode. It's like one of those. It's a perfect handheld mode game almost. Funny thing is, I haven't played it in handheld mode ever. Oh god! <laughs> I just keep playing it on the TV. That's because um, like you, my Switch in handheld mode is really just like really trying to die. Yeah. Um. That's, that's why the Switch Lite exists, everybody. <laughs> so I've been playing that, and I've been getting back into Smash Brothers. Um, I like I'm just I've been playing a lot of it and I'm just having so much fun. I haven't I haven't enjoyed Smash Brothers this much and I don't know why I'm enjoying it any more than I ever have. But um, just and we got to play more. Yeah, we really do, because it it's a blast. And, um, you know, I'm trying a lot of different characters. I'm actually just going into arenas and doing random and playing with like everybody. Um, so it, it's just been super fun. And uh, yes, David, let's play Smash. If anybody else ever wants to play Smash, we'll uh, we'll pop the question in community gaming in our Discord. Nice drop there. Yeah. Um, and to and Picross, I'm always playing Picross. So mm. <laughs> sounds like your pick. Sounds like Picross is te- Tetris for me for you. Like it, I, I'm always playing Tetris before like before I go to bed. I will always play like one or two rounds of Tetris for some reason. And then I can't sleep because yeah. I'm like, oh, that doesn't stress you does. out. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, that one like gives me anxiety. Like Picross is just doing a little puzzle. Like, yeah. Filling in blocks. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Tetris. Uh, but yeah, f- for me, I've, I'm still chipping away at trying to 100% Mario 3D World. I've now Ooh. 100%ed four worlds. Uh, so Ooh. doing that. Champions oh. Road is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I know. I'm trying to do the 100% of the regular worlds before I even move into there. I probably won't 100% Champions Road. I I will probably just try to fly through the levels and beat them, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But still, it's 
it's challenging. 100%ing the levels is a lot harder than you than people might think, especially once you get deeper into the game. It's just like, man, you know. Yeah. Once you get to like the fire flower star and mushroom world, it gets it gets tough. There's a difficulty spike in that game. Yeah. Yeah. I love that game. Uh I've also been playing some Axiom Verge. Uh it mm. re-inspired me to download that game, the the Metroid Dread trailer. So I've been I've been playing that. I love that game. If if you like the original Metroid at all, I highly recommend it. It's only about five or six hours long, but it's it's really fun. Cool weapons, cool art style, that kind of thing. So, oh no, we lost David. Let's go, do. Oh no. Uh, there he is. Sorry. He's back. <laughs> He's back. It's okay. Uh, but last. Uh, my nephews were over and the only games they want to play are one, two switch and arms. It's like, <laughs> I saw your tweet about that. Nintendo's yeah. doing something right. Yeah. I was yeah, like, man, we're we just, obviously wrong. Yeah. That's what, that's what I said. I was like, man, we, we're doing something wrong or we're, we just have no idea what we're talking about because these kids will not shut up about one, two switch. <laughs> like, they're just like, can we play one, two switch? I'm like, fine. So, that's it uh and i think that's gonna do it for this episode of nintendo power block uh thank you everybody for watching and or listening you can catch us live here on monday nights on boss rush games live on twitch you can catch the show on wednesday mornings on your podcast service of choice in youtube remember to like subscribe share rate and review wherever you find the show follow us on twitter at power block podcast uh you can join our discord our facebook group dan where can we find you you can find me on Twitter at DCDM99, and you can find all my articles on www.bossrushgames.com. David? You can find me at David Lasby on Twitter. Uh, of course, my articles at bossrushgames.com, and check out my new art- article on diversity in the Zelda series at zeldadungeon.net. You can find me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter. You can find me hosting uh, the Boss Rush podcast every Sunday night. Um, you can find me writing sometimes. I'm trying to write more on, on the website, uh, so you can check that out. Check out our family of shows. Check out Boss Rush Entertainment. Check out our family of gaming podcasts. Uh, check out our 1v1 interviews that Celeste is killing it at. Uh, and just, you know... Have a good time. Play games. Be better. Thank you guys so much for watching. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Bye. Do I I have to do the Wahoo? Is that how we end? Yeah, absolutely. Wahoo!